Leslie. Hey, Leslie and Paul. Good to see you. Good to see you all here today. Thank you. Um, last week we finished up on uh, what we called the Disciples' Prayer. And, and uh, I still got some notes on the board, which may work, may work pretty good. So I was trying to figure out where to go, go next, right? Or where we, where, where we should go. That's all, that's all right. And actually, uh, we're, maybe one, today we're just going to do maybe a little bit of a cap on that. But um, if anyone has a, a place that you'd like or should go, go in the Bible. That is in the Bible. <laughs> in the Bible. Let's, feel free to give me a jingle or, or bend, my, bend my ear or whatever. But I was, uh, you know... It's been sort of a it's been, been a journey that we've uh, been talking about. Just plug in and, and what is God's and uh, the disciple uh, is really cool because it, it it it's so every every day. I mean, it, and we need him every single day. And I, I was I was just thinking when you finish up, up it is not a temptation, but deliver us from evil. And we went through the fact of uh, on the board on the board parasmos, which would be that that word for temptation King James has as it's it's a word. And just as Abram, we could go through all of those different saints, which we find particularly in Hebrew chapter 11, that if there's a test, you can pass, you can pass it or you can fail it, fail it. And that's really what literally is we're, is we're, Lord God, protect us, Pro- protect us from these daily moment by moment trials and things that come, come our, are for our good. That's how you stretch muscles. That's how you become more mature. That's how your faith grows. And I, I was thinking, uh, Right side, when you have, when you have a trial, if you have a, almost like it's a neutral word, on one side, temptation leads you by your own lust or Satan into sin. On the other side, uh, that trial, all coming through it, you learn to trust God more. Your faith grows. And I was, you, know, you just put that in, and it's so interesting that that this is a, the, the disciples really meant to be a, to be a thing. Not not that you recite it every day. You can, but but the point of the matter is, it's our to pray. Pray. It it really unfolds for us has how are to pray, and it's just so moment by moment. And what it really does is it shows us. I, I was just drawn this week, and maybe even this morning, to Hebrews chapter twelve. A race. And I'll tell you what, what would be what would be then for us to just plug, plug in every single day, making sure that God is meeting or, or that we're where God wants us to be. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. We're just going to read the first three, three verses. Hebrews chapter 12, we'll be getting at verse 1. And, you know, you're, you know, you're going to start wherefore. And you, most of you would know that Hebrews chapter 11 is the, the chapter of faith or the hall of faith. These are men and women and women uh, in chapter chapter eleven before Jesus Christ was even known. We have a huge advantage. I, I'm going to be honest. If I if I would have been in the Old Testament looking forward to, to a prophet, you don't know you don't know Jesus. You don't even know what's, what's going to happen. But trusting God, whatever it is that He is going to take care of it, and they live their lives that way. That way. They never saw that reward. That reward. You know, you, you think about even Daniel. You know, he died before. You know, you know, a lot of those people went back. Back. He himself never did go back to the land of Israel, but but trusted. And it was a faith race. That that's maybe those two words going together. We're in a faith race. You're in a faith race. Those people in chapter eleven were in a, in a faith race. We're all faith race. So with that, that wherefore, it's that cloud of witnesses which we'll, we'll talk. About. Now, chapter twelve, verse verse one. Wherefore, seeing we we 
Also, our, our compass surrounded about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every one. And the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run, run with pace the race, the race that is set for us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, spising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of, of sin against self, lest you be wearied and faint in your May God add a special blessing to reading his word. Let's just pause for prayer before we begin our study. Father God, we're pleased and we're excited to be in your, in your presence in this place. As we've gathered to learn more about you, to be closer to you even now. Father, we know that you are, you are awesome God. You're creative, all-wise, all-knowing, nothing's out of control kind of a God. That's who you are. Father, we know we know that today we trust you to lead us where we're to go. We would ask that the Holy, that the Holy Spirit would exclusively be our teacher, using the Word of God to the deepest portions and part of our lives, in places that nowhere else can, no one else or anyone else can go. Uh, the word, word of God, sharper than a two, two-edged sword, don't sunder. Father, Father, that's what we're asking for today. That 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 living Word of God would do its its work. And that the spirit, the spirit would lead. Father, we'll thank you for what you'll do today. We thank you for each one that's come out today. Would you bless them and their families? <laughs> there's struggles, there's problems, there's difficulties, there's challenges, there's trials. All of those things, Father, you allow to bring us closer to, to you. May we, may we see you more clearly than we've ever seen, or seen you. Now help us in our study today that you would be glorified and would be blessed. We'll ask these in Christ's name. Amen. Well, in those three verses, there's, a, there's several things that, if you have an outline, is, there's things that, that are, are there. For, and, and I've already mentioned a little bit, before, uh, wherefore. Uh, that chapter 11 is why they're, it is like chapter 12, 12. Ah, they should have waited three, three more verses. Just tie, tied it all together, right? Because it just fits so much better. But that's okay, because you've got to wherefore. Find out what it's there for. And so you have all of these, these grandiose, I, I would say, champion faith. You know, you can go, th- just think of, think of some of those. And, right? When would you like to even around them? them? Abram, you know, he, he had, he, by the way, way, I like, really like studying Abram because he makes me feel there's a chance, right? <laughs> he did a lot of, a lot of some things. But then you, you get to, your, what is it, 22, I think, so, and, he, and, he, and he actually offers his son, son, and you're saying, oh, I can never do that. Well, he couldn't have either earlier in his life. That's, that's what's important. God took, took him. He knew exactly what he could, he could take as he goes along. along. These, which we talked about, talked about, not on temptation, but deliver us, deliver us. That was a test that Abraham got at just the right time. Now, now a lot of, each one of those, one of those tests he got earlier is like, guess what? Guess what? Everything there to be able to do it the right way. Just for us. We fail. God didn't take us there to, to fail. That's very important. He never takes us where he hasn't, hasn't provided enough for us to accomplish a positive succession to the te- test. If we fail, fail, we fail on our own. We talked about, about Flip Wilson, you know. He, he, he had this saying, the devil, the devil made it. No, the devil did not make you do it. You did it all by yourself, right? There's no blame to be scattered around. But, but those people, which are, are described in Hebrews chapter, chapter 12, as being a cloud of witnesses, we're, we're compassed, we're surrounded. If, 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 you, if you almost think about it, it's, it's, it's like we're entering the stadium. We're about ready to run the race. 
We're about ready now that, that in, in, people taking this, let's talk, let's talk about this for just a second, that the people in heaven know what's going on here on earth. They're using it for somewhat. So we're rounded by, by we're like stadium and everyone in heaven is watching us. No. No, I can't find that in the Bible. In fact, Jesus, remember the rich man and Lazarus? The rich man talked about, about brothers, but he knew that, that from historical full things, how to react. He wasn't seeing them. No, in fact, heaven is a separation from sin. How could people in heaven watch this? No, it doesn't work that way. Work that way. It does not teach that. I want to be very clear that, that, that that's really key and component because it's not like that. Heaven is very, very distinct. The goal fixed between us. But we are surrounded by those, those Old Testament sins, which I've never seen one. But we can look back and see them, them right? As they, they literally, lives are examples looking forward for us. I mean, I mean, I love this. I mean, he, he after 11, gives me a great deal of energy and encouragement knowing that if they could do, could do it, I'm on this side of Calvary. I see what Jesus accomplished. I know what the resurrection of the dead is. I know what all of that means to me. They even know that. that. And they, they still chose to live to, to race, a race, race faith. And some of them, you know, you know so we miss this. Let's go here for a moment. It's not in my notes, but uh, turn down to, um, oh, let's see here. Verse 37, you know, we, we have all of, all of those ends. And before you do that, do that. Just, just hold your place in 30. Don't, 30, don't. You know, you think of the Daniels, right? He wakes up in the morning. It's like any, like any other morning. And they're out to, out to get him. Did you know that before there's a triumph, there has to be a Think of that. You could never win if there were a way to lose. If there wasn't trouble, trouble, there could be victory. Jesus, now you talk about that. Uh, some, it, it's amazing how our world is set up. Job, remember, Job didn't do anything wrong. Right? He, right? he didn't do anything. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden here's using him through trials to show to the rest of the world of how he would respond. May, namely, Satan. I just soon not, soon not be called for that line of duty. duty right? But Job didn't do anything wrong. Anything wrong. But friends came expecting, and it literally just pro Job, you did anything wrong. That's, that's the only reason. No, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. What did Daniel do wrong, wrong do to, to end up in the, in the evening into the, the den of a lion? No, he had righteously, just as Jesus Christ, never, ever sinned. There's more trouble in Jesus' life than I believe if anyone else. He knows, knows more of pain, persecution, suffering, and ultimately the meanest, most cruel death ever known to mankind, and that's crucifixion. But out of that, out of that came was tremendous, tremendous victory for we could even imagine. Before triumph, there has to be trouble. We never view it that way. You know, you know what? I whiner about tr- trouble. I don't like it. <laughs> None of us sign up for. It. But you, and, and, and while you're while you're in that, that you don't pray for trouble, becomes just as Jesus said, the "World hates you, but hates me." John chapter 16. 16. But it, it's so interesting to even. And maybe that's where we're going to go. Maybe we're just going to plug into Jesus Christ's life because that's what we really want to do. This the, the, the disciples' prayer was 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 uh, asked, asked by a disciple because they saw the difference in, in their Lord, that the difference they saw in Jesus. And you know what? We're fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's the message of, of today. That's what we've been talking talking about all last weeks. Is all of the distractions, all of the diversions, everything that takes us out of our game, causes us to hesitate, to be 
disoriented, allows, allows slow down. All those things are a hindrance to us, to us. And you remember in John chapter 21, we were there several weeks ago, and Jesus is talking to Peter, and, he, and he's laying literally how, how his life went. And then remember what he said? Jesus said two words to Peter, follow me. Follow me. And then Peter, in his just the way he well, hop on. Aren't we sometimes like that? Don't we, don't we look around? Why, why, right? Why, why is it different for them? No, no. Jesus says this to you individually. Follow me. And guess what? If your eyes are on Jesus and you follow him, it, it really is fantastic. Not free, not probably, but it's fantastic because you're filled with his joy and literally will enjoy that victory or triumph that takes place at the end, his journey. So let's talk about chapter, chapter 12 and the verses now. They're, the first thing we want to talk about is, is the event. The, the event. How many, how, many, how many feel like you're in a race? <laughs> now, here's the thing that's real, real important. What kind of a race are you in? Now, now, I'm one of those guys. I actually personally like the short distance because if it's a 100-year dash, I run as hard as I can, fail, or, or win. Everything I can do, I can do it. It's, it's, not, it's not hard, right? Because you just, boom, go as fast as you can. You can see the end. I love I like to see the, see the end. Are you guys like that? Like that? Some of you are. Yeah, I, I like that. But now what if I said you're not in a 100-yard dash? Or the 100, I should call, call it what it is today, 100-meter. Meter. Or the 200, right? Now, when I, I grew up, it was the 100-yard dash, right? Then you had hurdle, hurdles to really make it miserable. The opticals. But you know what? We're not in any of those. Even in a 400. 400. We're not in it. We're not even in the one mile. We are in the marathon. In the mar- marathon. And a marathon, what do you know, know about that? It's really long. In fact, how long is a typical, typical marathon? 26 miles. Uh, I didn't say 26 yards. <laughs> it's 26 miles. I, there's, there's, and at the, this is this. I think, I think this is really. Now, I, I, I imagined run a marathon. I don't think I could walk a marathon all, all together, right? But, but, but literally, you know, from when you start, start, you are going to feel feel worse and more tired than you are right now. No matter how much you key yourself up, or how, right? You look at those marathon runners at, at the end. Oh my goodness, goodness, right? It looks like they've been run through a knothole about four times, and they're just wiped out. You know what? But that's what marathons do. It takes every of energy you have. The other thing you'll notice about marathon runners, runners is they don't have any extra weight. Right? They've got rid of it all, right? Exactly. In fact, there was a, there was a, I was reading, I don't know, where was it at? Maybe it's Bertha, I can't remember, remember. But dating that, um, this would have been probably back in the 90s or something, there was a Russian runner that had won the world. He was an Olympic gold medal medalist in the 100 meters. And he came to the States and was running, you know, on a higher, higher, and he, and he couldn't win. I mean, just, you know, he, that's another thing that kind of, kind of goes against you a while, right? When those tribes are just banging on you, and on you, and they, they come, and they come, and when they come, they come, you know what happens? There's a, there's a sense of discouragement that comes with that. But it doesn't mean there's the over. This is really key for a Christian, because there, there's, there's word in Hebrews. We don't know who Hebrews, but we're sure it's probably Jewish of a descent, because you can find every high priest, he talks about a lot of those things. But you know what? There's num- number place, chapter 4, cha- chapter 12, Chapter uh, I'm thinking of, of to us. We're in this together. If you're in Jesus, this isn't you. This is, this is us you're running the race, race, and we're running with a goal in mind. Goal in mind. But you know, there's others of us that lift up and encourage. And encourage and that's why uh, Hebrews chapter ten it talk, talks about it's not forsaking the meaning of one another. That's that's the reason we're in church. That's that's one that we especially in the latter days. 
It's a key component because it's really God using other Christians to allow, are, are, are giving us strength through him, him, keep carrying on. We need that. We really do. Now, I have no idea where I was going. I let you guys, you guys have hung you up to dry somewhere. What else was I, what was, what was I just saying? Okay, we, we were running that marathon. Boy, is it long. Just like me, like a long winded. Oh, yeah, that, that's right. I was, I was talking, I was talking. Uh, this guy's name was Bronzkov or something like that. I'm not going to even try. i just leave it at that. It was a Russian runner. And he was, he was, and he was getting beat. Not just, you know, j- j- you know what I mean? Isn't that even worse? You get beat by just a hair. And you've tried so hard. And you just, and it was race after race after race. And they were interview- interviewing him. And he said, it's actually, actually quite simple. He said, I'm three pounds overweight. Now, for me, I'd go with that. <laughs> I didn't go with three, three pounds over. I got no, but you know, but you know what? He knew what he worked to win. And he knew he needed to get rid of that extra weight. Those, those things that are holding him back, that are hitting him. We're going to be talk, talking about that in a moment. Because there's, there's things that really, really hold us back. We'll talk about those in a moment. But here we're talking about the event. We're ta- talking about the race. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's, it's the real long deal. deal. It also goes on, let's read it together. Wherefore, seeing we're also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. All of these people in the past are allowing us to buy, to buy example. Know that we can do it. We can do it. Lay aside every, every weight in the sin which does so, e- so easily beset. Let us run with patience. The word patience, um, what in, in, in your other version, version, do you have endurance? Endurance. Okay, endurance. It's very much the same way. It's almost that word uh, in the Greek is, is to remain under. Under. There's a pressure to this. The continuing. Don't stop. Don't stop. Remember, remember, remember that old fable of the, the race between the tortoise and the hare? Where does the hare get in trouble? Or the rabbit? I, got, I don't call them hares. I call them it's right? So get in trouble because he wasn't fast enough. He wasn't, he wasn't focused enough, right? Because he was so, so convinced by looking at the tortoise. Oh, my goodness, I could beat him in my summer, which he tried. And that doesn't work, does it? It's the same for us. What are you focused on? Staying in, stay, staying in the being enduring sense of your commitment. Oh, that's another. See how, how remember, that was a remember our, our, our New Year's uh, first Sunday we met on New Year's. We, we talked about something in Esther. Be that you were you were for such a time as this, but it's deeper than that. You see, if Esther wouldn't been committed doing what God wanted, it, would, it wouldn't have mattered if she'd have just been in there. It's for us today. Youth right here in the, here in this. Are in, are in this place for a reason. But it's not just about you being here, taking, taking up space and time and time and presence. It's about you being committed to doing what God wants you to do. And that's how Esther the difference. She was willing to go into the king's court and if I die, I die. That's commitment. Are we that? Are we that com- that's the race that we're, that we're talking about, or that, that, that this writer of Hebrews is tell, telling us t- about. With all your might. With all your might. Now, again, there's going to be problems. There's going to be troubles. There's going to be difficulties. We'll be tired. Sometimes when we, when we, it's a really difficult, difficult time when you're tired. When you're really worn out. It's so hard to stay in the game. Because you're just, right? I want marathon runners. And I got, I've got to some of them. I, I, I don't know. I really literally cannot tell you. But I'll bet you at mile 18... Mile, mile 17 right in there. I don't know if I want to keep going. I, I don't know if I can make it, right? It's got to be there. You know how it is? When you're at the, the latter part of real serious, serious trial, 
I don't know if I can go on. I remember, uh, well, it's good to have Jerry too. You know, you were sick of sin a long time. And my deal was a couple of months in reality. And there was a fade, and there was very dark. I couldn't sleep. Uh, there, was, there, was, there was dark, and there was light, and I really couldn't tell you the difference. They just went by. But it was, it was long enough to where it became so wearying, I really didn't really, really want to want. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. It's where literally, if you're not fixing your eyes on Jesus Christ, that race will be too much for you. It will, it will be too much. And that's why, what? That's why this writer set up, up, he took a whole ch- chapter, chapter 11, show us people that, that made this, that, that got it. And then I, I know where I dropped you, verse 39, or 30, 36. Of, uh, this will fit, will fit perfectly now. It took a long time to get, to get there, you remember it. Now, he told all of these, that they had great victories. Well, we'll just kind of start here, verse 35. 35 of Hebrews chapter 11. Women dead, raised again. Remember, remember that uh, prophet? Prophet Wasn't it Elijah? Went to that uh, woman at, at was it, uh, where, where was it at? Doesn't mean, but she had a set of sons. And it was eating that last meal, right? And he shows up at just the right. He said, why don't you bring me something to eat? Well, that was an act, an act of faith. She told, I'm not, I'm not here alive. This is our last meal. I'm not going to feed you. Who are you anyway? anyway right? But she did. And then guess what happened? That, that flower bill ran out, out. But you know what happened later? Her, her son died. And then what did she do? Oh, man of God. Now, she knew who he was. Have you come, come to literally just take my life away? A trial. And you know what happened? She received her dead son back. Whoa. Right? Now, you think he's a believer? Would bet it would last. Okay, but but it doesn't always work out that way. That's my my point. Women who received their dead raised to life. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might might obtain a resurrection. And others, others trial of cruel mockings and scourging. Yes, yes, over of bonds and imprisonment. They don't. They were they were so sundered. Do you know Isaiah was gone in half? I I have a, what? Now does that seem like a victory? Not in the physical sense. Spiritually. Nothing could step him from Jesus Christ, who he didn't even, even know. But his faith, that race he was running, was based on trusting God and everything he said that would happen, just like, just like us. I'd stop. Yeah, sawn asunder, that one will get you. We're tempted, we're slain with the sword, we're wandering around in sheepskins and skins, being, de- being destitute of tormented. The world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and den caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good port through through faith, received not not the promise. How many things have happened happened in your life? I have no idea why that happened. Where does that fit? fit? That that would be that group of verses that we just read. They they lost lives physically. And they didn't, you know what? They're in safe hands. They're in safe hands because victory is theirs. They were safe in, in God's promise. Now, now let's. I don't know if I should do this. Do this right now. No, not yet. Not yet. See, sometimes it's not just what what we. You know, any any old good end, don't you? I love. Don't you love reading or telling your children, grandchildren, Dan in the lines? Then it's got a great ending, right? Fantastic. Or the threads were that were that were thrown in this. It's a great ending. 
How about those? See, we don't say those verses, do we? We don't, we don't talk about Isaiah being cut in half with a saw. What? Right? It doesn't matter. It's the same God. God is no one in control. He's super powerful. Yet there's no one strong, stronger than can be. Always, you see what I'm saying? I'm so eternal. It's such a magnificent thing that God can't ever be outdone. That's the God we serve. That's the God. That's literally in, in at the end of this race. He's there. He's there. Now, you ever heard this? This uh, I don't know where it started, but this phrase: uh, "Let go and let God." <laughs> Um, um, do you see of that in cha- chapter 11 or chapter 12? God's not going to run, run the race for you. No, he's calling you to run the race. Strength comes from God, but you don't let him run the race. Correct? This is key. This is very, very important. There's a lot of tough trends to this. Just, 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 I'm not going to do it. It's all up to God. No, no. Heavens no. God's, he's there, he's got, he's got all of the gifts, all of the tool, tools, everything you need to run the, run the race. But you have to run the race. Am I getting that across? <laughs> if you're a Christian, if you've trusted Jesus Christ, your Savior, you're in the race. <laughs> Am I too overbearing? I, I want you to get in the race. I want you to be, to be there. Well, well, from the event, literally, literally to the next thing, next thing is the encouragement which we've already talked about because they're in Hebrews chapter 11. They, they lived a life. They stuck out. I, I, I can't help but say, once again, last week we talked about um, in, in the, the plan Dura. Nebuchadnezzar had this, had this grand of from some of his advisors, advisors that he'll build this statue, and I don't remember the dimensions, 90 feet high. and you know, it, it was actually like a really skinny, skinny guy. If you look at the dimensions and you actually said, said huh, it must have been very precarious, standing up, up in this plane of death. And there's three guys that said, you know what, no matter what, we're not, we're not going to bow down. We're not going to do that. Did you think, you think they stuck out? You better believe it. And you know what? When you're running the race, that race is a race. You stick out. Probably be made fun of. They'll just, people will shake their head and walk away. There will be some that will persecute you. Just like, and Jesus expect back that. Surprised by that, by that. First Peter particularly totally taught that sense of suffering and persecution. Don't be surprised. That's the way it is. That world, it hated, it hated before it hated you. But it was so worth it. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And let's take, take a look at verse 15. Philippians 2, 15. <clears throat> That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in, in the midst of a, of a kid and perverse nation. Uh, do you guys want to fill in which one that, one that might be? Today? Among, among whom who sh- shines lights in the world. <laughs> when you're running this race with endurance and your eyes are fixed on Jesus Christ, you will stick out. It will be a light. It will be, you know what, it's so, so dark right now, isn't it? Isn't it? 
The news is depressed. I can't even listen, listen to it most of the time. It's just too much. Too much. Too much. You know what? When we have our eyes fixed on, on Jesus, we, we become news. We, we be someone that sticks out. Not of who we are. Now, now don't be wrong. I'm not, I'm not talking about boasting. I'm not ta- no, no, no. You couldn't possibly be. In fact, the only way you'll shine is if you are full of Jesus. So that, so that humility is what shines. shines. If it's pride, you've missed it. You've missed it. That's, it. That, that's not a bright light. That's more darkness. That fits it's into the world, and they can't tell the difference. But humility is light that shines in every place. That's running the race. It's running a race that God has given to you. Encouraged by the, by the sense of those in the past that lived a life that was a race of faith. And then there's those encumbrance. Those, those are the things that hold us back. Now, you haven't had anything ever hold you back, right? It's all just a life of encouragement and rotting uh, stars in the sky. It's fantastic. No, no distance. It's just, just, <laughs> doesn't get any better than this all day long. Every day, every week, every year, every year, right? And just better and better and better and bliss. And I think, I think I just feel the prosperity gospel. Right? How did I do? How did I do? Yeah. And in fact, the TV cams are rolling in because you know what? That's what people won't want to hear. That's what the, the self, the meaty part of them wants to know that, that that's the way it could be. Correct? That's why it's why it sells. That's why you send money because that's what I want. <laughs> careful, 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 careful. But, but that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not the Bible. Do you think Jesus has had any life? The Son of, of God, Daniel, James, John. I could go on. on. Wouldn't have God. Paul. Look at Paul. He's got that. Got that. Li- you know what? Paul got depressed. He got discouraged. I don't have. I was actually going to go down that road. And, no, this was where we needed today. But Second Corinthians chapter two, I believe. I believe is Paul was very, very, very discouraged. He was very, very discouraged. Ready to just give it up. Give it up. You know what we need then? You know what he need, needed? A little, a little, he started thanking God. Isn't that, isn't that a great place when you start thanking God for just, maybe it's something really small, right? But it's amazing how that, how that grows. And then pretty, guess what happens? Your, your eyes come off yourself and they pull up, pull up to Jesus. And they're right, right on the track. Because when, when your eyes are fixed on Jesus, you are invincible. Not because you are, because he is. And you're part of that. That's where we need to be. be. Literally, that's where we need to be. be. Let's talk about these incomes. In entanglements, as it's described for us, it says in verse one, verse one, "Let us lay aside every every way and the sin which so doth so easily beset." Let's just stop there for a moment. Now, there's obviously two things. The weight is is not the sin. Let me read it. Let us. Oh, I love let us. Let's think about this together. Let us lay aside every weight, comma and. The sin, it is singular, which does so easily beset us. There are two things that hold back. Just one, there are, there are two things. And actually, it's very interesting. They are very much that way. Let's talk about the weights. I told you, I told you of this runner, the runner that, that he stood that he himself was overweight by three pounds. We're running this race. Now, that was very, very, that's very, 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 you know, you know a, a physical feat. But us, we're running the race. We're running the marathon. We're running the race in faith. We're trusting God. That's really what we're doing. We're, we're taking each mile, each step, each step of each mile. Mile is the thing. 
if you start to look at the miles, how tired you become. But if you, if you just keep moving, you, you keep moving, it's amazing those steps become feet become miles. Isn't that exactly right? That's why, guess what? Here we're back to this. It's a daily prayer. We have to be dependent and trust on a daily basis. If you're going to try to run the marathon and you're going to pray to God once a month, you're dead meat. Right? It's exactly true. It's exactly true. So tell me about the weight. What would be the weight that would hold you back? So it, let's, now this is in Hebrews. Um, probably really written to a Jewish population. Again, I would say we don't know who wrote it. Could have been Paul. Could have been, but it doesn't matter. That this writer of Hebrews was very keyed into. Remember, he talked. He talks a lot about the priesthood, the priests. Um, how important was the priests and priesthood to the Jewish? Very, very important. The temple was really big. The priests were really, really big. And you know, if you study, study the Old all, all of that was leading them up, up to how short they were of having true redemption or true salvation. And that was a foreshadowing to Jesus accomplished one for all. And that's what, that's what Hebrews is about. That we have, I mean, there's no, no more priests. Catholics don't need, need priests. Baptists don't need priests. We don't need priests. We have the one, one and only priest that got it done. And, and he was sitting at the right, right hand of God. Amen. I thought... Thank you, right, Jesus? Can you imagine? I want a priest of human nature. Sinners. My priest is sitting at the right hand of God, and he is sinless. And he paid, paid for one of my sins, and he knows know what it is to be tempted. That's the, the priest I pray to. That's the priest that I want to give confession to. Isn't it true? Absolutely. And you have the importance of Old Testament priest. priest. Once a year, we, we won't linger too long here, but job. Now, a priest's job was very clear, especially in the Old Testament. It was what, to, what, what was it to do? To lead the people to God. They were to get the people and God together. They were that liaison. And they proved it one day out of the year, the Day of, day of Atonement. That priest's job was to be, be clean enough, pure enough, sacrificing for himself because he was a sinner. Go into then of all things the holy of holies to, pre- to present for God the pure, holy, righteous, omnipotent God to cover their, their sins. And he didn't. There was no no chairs. He did his work and he left. That was the priest of the Old Testament. But you remember? Let's talk. Let's talk about the Galatians. Moment. Just switch gears for a moment. Remember the Galatians? It was the first Old Testament, uh, New Testament book to be written. Now, they, Paul had brought salvation through Christ. Through Christ. Then it was Christ alone by faith, faith alone. Grace alone, right? It was simple. Isn't it amazing how simple salvation is? God does not be simple because we really mess it up. You know what religion does? Oh, it messes it up. Do you know what religion wants to do? Once attack on something, something, something onto this. It's called works. It's called legalism. You know what a weight will keep you on? I mean, will slow you down, down in the race marathon of, of life of which we're, which we're to be run on a daily basis, focusing on Jesus. Jesus, do you want to know a weight that will tie you in a knot? Is a work program, man, a holistic system. For, for the people in Hebrews, it would have been very, this, these words meant a lot. Because literally it was that Judaistic legalism that, that literally sucked the, the life up. What's the last thing you'd want to do in a marathon is to lose energy, wasting energy, not, not going anywhere. 
correct? That's what he's talking about. The thing that takes away from what really what we're going to. Anything that deters, something that holds us down. It would be like, it would be like being with a, I don't know, big parka on. Just, and you'd be sweating, working so hard, going literally at a half pace. That's what legalism does. That's what religious work works do. Because again, where's our eyes? All about us. All about us. It's amazing. It's harder. It seems so hard. Hard people that have been, tra- been trapped in legalism, and, and I could name a lot of them. This point pointless. Doesn't matter what it is. They're looking for for one addition to faith in Christ. It's an it's a hint. It's a weight. Weight it easily besets. It, it's entangling. You know, I think of entanglement. I'm just like the sea, like seaweed weed or something that around your your feet. Feet you can't go anywhere. And finally, you just fall. Isn't that that exactly what we do? Do not trusting Christ by faith alone. It entangles us. Give that. Give get rid of that extra. Get rid of get rid of those balls. That's the other thing. You'll never see marathon. Now, by the way, that's one. That's not a marathon. It takes enough time. And I don't know what a good would be a good time for time for a marathon. Four hours or three or three hours. I have a clue. It's a long time, and you would be really, really dead, I think. But at any rate, you know, you go uphill, you go downhill. It could be slippery. It could be wet. It could be hot. Hot. It could be dry. You know, all of all of those things. That's how it is with life. That's how it is with life. Now that. How effective that marathon run runner will be in this test? He's marathon, and he's and he's tempted to. Oh, I can't believe they're doing this to me. I mean, this course is too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. Guess what's going to happen? He'll drop out. But that one, that one that's hard for it, that's that's trained, that's dis- disciplined him for herself, and all of a sudden you see, you see trial is an opportunity to just dig a little deeper. And for us, the trial, the marathon of life is the fact that this is, this is absolutely bottom line of any, any test or trial. God allows it to have that we trust him more. So we, we trust him more. That's what it's about. And anything that, that detracts that, anything that, anything that takes her off of Jesus is, is a weight that needs to go away. But it's not just a weight. The second thing, I think it's about the sin word. The, the sin I don't know why, but let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. Had, had that written down. Let's do that before, before we go any further. 1 Peter chapter, chapter 1, verse 21. Oh, this, this, this is a great verse. I don't know if it's exactly that's right here. 1 Peter chapter, verse 21. Who by him, him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and give him glory that, that your faith and hope, hope might be in God. All that Jesus accomplished, that God did in him, allows us to have more for faith in him. You remember in Colossians 2, I'm going to go to Colossians 2, 2 for a sec. I think I can, hopefully I can find it. Because this is why this was written. Paul, let's not get caught up in legalism. Let's not, not get there. Um, Probably go to verse eight. eight probably no, it's, it's it's all over the place, isn't there? Let's to uh, sixteen. We'll start with verse eight, though. It's Colossians two eight. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, aim to seat after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. That would would be a weight that easily uh, entangles us, if you will. Down to verse 
16. Let no man, no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is, but the body is of Christ. What are we, what are we supposed to focus on? Christ. Colossians chapter 2 does a really great job of that. Second one, the one, the one that drags out is sin. Sin. Now, it's one sin, which is very interesting. Do you find that to be... Wow, I got a lot of than one sin. So let me find my way, way back to Hebrews. There we go. And the sin which so easily beset us. Which sin would that be? There's just one, right? What's that? There may be a particular sin that plagues believe believe in the more than but it seems as such it's a singular in the mindset that this is the sin this is the sin okay and i'm hearing pride and we did we talked a lot about pride didn't we if, if you if temptation comes your way now again temptation is not a sin we, we talked quite a bit of that but but temptation the edge of that because of a sudden there's work, working elements that are trying to, to bring you out through the temptation and throw you in into the abyss of sin. Satan he's very he's 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 good, but all we need within us ourselves that lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride, pride of life comes from within. And and we came to this conclusion: if you're trusting God at the end, at the end of the trial, there's no me left. You you're you're not in that equation. But if you have, if, you, if you've taken temptation and your lust, lust or Satan to throw you a really good hook and line sinker, and you fall into sin, then there's a whole lot of pride. That was the word used last week, last week right? But I want to even take more step. And in every sin, there is pride. Satan is the author, literally, of pride. He, he, he owns it, and he knows how to use it as well. well. But let's, let's take like another step. Skin that layer of pride back. What is behind pride? And self is absolutely there. Because self is a determination. Exactly right. But what is it that self has done? Okay. And how did you do? Again, again, board is actually there. It's trying to tell you what's over here on the side. Because this is the sin that take you down. Down. So on this side, you're trusting. If you've gone through a trial, God wants you to trust Him. The more you trust Him, the more you mature. Sure, the more you become enduring. The more you're enduring, the more you grow. The more you grow, the more you're Jesus Christ. That's why God allows trials in your life. It's for your good and, and His glory. On the side of the equation, where this test, temptation, and by the way, temptation comes when we're starting to think about me. Than anything else, you were doubting God. Unbelief. The sin of unbelief is the one that's in picture here in Hebrews chapter twelve. And what the sin, the sin of un, let's work that let's 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 talk about that for a minute. Sin of unbelief is left, is left behind every sense of pride. Why do you say that, Larry? Because you are not trusting God said is right and wrong. Eve, she took of that apple. Who was she believing? Yeah, she was believing in self. There was an, there was an arrogance about it because God had told him not to. Every sin we ever see, we are saying God cannot be trusted and, and we don't believe him, him. And it comes out as pride. 
That's what you see. But behind it is the fact we don't believe God. You want to talk about hopping the race. We disbelieve God. It, it literally woes us up. Think of, think of your own life. Think, think of those places you do that you're more vulnerable. Maybe you have, have, maybe you have something that temptations are there, and it's a fight. fight. It, you know, and everyone has those sins that you, that you seem more beleaguered by. Okay? That doesn't make you any, any less. It's just the way it is. But you know what's behind every one of those? Is the, is the fact ultimately you succumb um, or your life takes over or Satan throws you a nice bait. You know what you've believed? It's not, it's not what you believed, it's what you disbelieved. You say, God, trust you. What you've said. Dad. Sin declares, I don't trust God. That's what Adam and Eve said. That's what I say every time that I sin. That's the, the sin so easily, easily beset and tangles us. And the sin of disbelief, belief, and there are literally thousands and thousands, and I would even say millions of people around, around this world that just can't trust God. That's the sin. And behind it, like I said, it's e- easy to see not as disbelief, but it's characteristic, which is pride. Pride is so... And it's amazing, the, the one person that can't see pride, pride, is the prideful person. Isn't it amazing? They can't see it. See it. Around them can. Even behind that, if you peel out layer, that's what I want to get you to Peel out layer back. Open that door, and you know what it is? It's, it's literally the fact not trusting God. You, you believe God. God, God, God can't trust that I don't believe, believe what is true. That's what, when you say that's exactly what you said. And my, myself, I'm not saying, it looks like I'm point, pointing the fingers. This is for me. When I sin, sin, I haven't trusted God. It does. Isn't that true? It's absolutely true. And why is he? Because with, because with us, we've still got some sin left. There's some left. And you know, I would, I'm so much wanting, God, why don't you just get rid of that? Just, just make it go away. And, and yes, I need glory coming. I know with it. Justification. All of those who were justified. Romans chapter 8. I think verse 29. All of those. Everyone. I love, love this because anyone that says, says that you can live salvation, then it was never the first place. If you were justified, you will be glorified. Thank God. Because it's not about, about me. It's about my gain, gaining, and it's not my works that helps and helped. Remember that one mission that came to the, it was up on the bench, and uh, we were talk, talking about stuff. And, uh, I, I, I'm short. But anyway, for him, I said, it's all about Jesus. Well, we have to do our part. I said, what, what part were you going to that Jesus didn't take and take care of? Well, we just have to, you know, long story short, he couldn't let Jesus finish, finish the project. And I said, why? I said, why do you mean all that? See, see, that's really important. If you quit, then why all? And if you were going to do it without Jesus, then you're not saved. And you will lose your salvation because you didn't have one. The Bible is clear that all those that were justified are glorified. Okay, let me go to the next. That's when you lose your sin. But you know what? What really makes us focus on Jesus more is we know how we are. And we know we have to have God. We know we have to have Jesus. We know there's no way we can whip sin. The older I get, the more respect I have for the diabolical evilness of sin. We can't control it. It will take us further than we go. We will pay more than we pay. And sin does not relinquish or release anything that tries to hold. And only God can break, break that. Only God can break that chain.
Isn't that fantastic? And literally, the more we realize that, the greater we see how perfect Jesus is. And that even, even makes us focus on him. Now, again, that's very easy. It so easily besets us. Isn't something that you turn around and just, what was I thinking? No way, no way I wasn't thinking, right? Eyes weren't on Jesus. And again, I, I, I love this example in John chapter 21. Here we have, we have Peter the, the apostle. And Jesus has just, just been working with one-on-one, right? Isn't that cool? One-on-one. He's working with them one-on-one. Feed my lambs. Do, I, do, I, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Love you. No, I, you know my heart. And then he tells him he's going to die. And he, he says, flee. And the next thing, thing he does, he dies off of Jesus. He says, what about John? Right. And then what did Jesus say? Don't bother yourself with that. John's Johnny. That's me. Me. That's not not you. Follow me. Isn't that true? We as Christians, Christians follow Jesus. Just am I um, about this today? I'm sorry. It's 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 a deal, isn't it? Doubt, unbelief. And then that legalism, that stuff, that baggage we carry, the things, the things that we want to do. Well, I just take that with me. I might need it. And I'm one of those guys. I'm kind of one of those guys. I might need, need this. You, ever, you should look at my pickup. You, you would not believe how much, much stuff I think. I know coats in my, my house. They're all in the vehicles. But I got one in, one in every one. You know what? We see sometimes do Christian. We to take off. We really, really didn't even have. Let them think we need. Get rid of that stuff. Get rid of that, that stuff that so easily entangles us, takes us down, that slows us down, that diverts our attention. See, that's what that's what temptation does. You know why Satan? You know why? You know you know why he loves loves to use temptation is the fact that, that it takes you out of the game. It takes you out of race. There are Christians today that don't even know they're in a race. They're of no concern. They're just lollygagging around. You know. Because he, he didn't put on the proof of God, which was supplied. God gave you everything. And you know what? Think of this. Think, think of this. What's the biggest piece, piece of equipment you have of the armor of God? Is the biggest piece of equipment. The shield of faith. Shield of faith. And what is the shield of faith supposed to do? To quench those fiery darts. What are those? Darts and out. You see it? it? That's, the, that's the best thing you deal with as a, as a Christian is doubt. That's, that's why I say this. Someone just gets, gets saved. Someone just finds you. Finds you. But one thing Satan wants to just continually bombard that new believer with is, you're really probably not saved. You've done so many, so many bad things. You can't trust. I mean, right? Isn't that true? It's absolutely true. Get yourself depressed. Get yourself weary. Get yourself tired. Get yourself tired. You know what? Doubt even becomes a larger thing. thing. And that's, that's the stuff so easily to set us. So we've talked about the event, we've talked about the encouragement, we've talked about the encumbrance. Let's talk about, talk about the example. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 8. <clears throat> Remember, verse 8, chapter 2. Timothy, remember that Jesus Christ of, of the city of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. You want, to, you want an example? How to race? How to turn trouble into triumph? Jesus Christ, that person. He, he literally, his life exemplifies someone can follow. Someone trust. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 
Second, Second Corinthians, verse 18. Whoops, whoops. Oh, there it is. That's kind of fun. fun. My, uh, in my Bible, that Bible, there's just a little bit of, bit of uh, an ink. I have 17, and then I have like one, and then there's nothing there with the eight. So I mess you up a little bit. So we all, verse, verse 18 to 3, 2 Corinthians, but we all, notice we again, with, with open face beholding as, as glass, the glory, glory of the Lord are changed into the, the same image from glory to glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The more that you run the marathon of life in faith, the more you become like Jesus Christ. That's exactly God. That's, that's, that's his, his whole is to make, make up more like Jesus. And the more we look at Jesus, the more we honor Jesus, the more we, more we follow Jesus, the more we, more we become like Jesus. Think of those, I think of those little, you know, just little kids. I remember sports is a big deal to a young, you know, probably like, I don't, I don't know, I don't, eight, eight to 15, 15 or something. And it's, it goes, it goes beyond. Um, but they, they have heroes, right? And they want to be, they want to be just like, right? Right? You buy the jersey. jersey. Now, I was a Johnny Bench fan, fan. Cincinnati Reds, Cincinnati Reds. And I studied them. I was a catcher in, in baseball. I, would, that was, I love that, love that position. Was it because I like, like Johnny? I don't know. And I don't, I don't know. It's, now, it wasn't necessarily so Johnny's characteristic, or his character. It was, he was a really good player. And he knew what he was doing. And you know, you know I studied that person. Studied how he handled, he handled himself. Field. I just studied. And it's, and it's exactly what we do with someone that we respect and we love, love, uplift. That's what a, chi- a, a kid does, right? They're heroes. They know everything about them. That's, that's what we should with Jesus. We want to know everything about Jesus. Right? Isn't that true? And guess what? The, the more we know about him, the, the more we like him. God wins. God, God's glorified. We're blessed. He's honored. And we're, we're, we're gifted. Uh, Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to leave for, I'm going to leave for a little bit later. Um, let's, let's take a look at, look at this. Uh, let's go to Hebrews. If you're not, not there here, Hebrews 11, verse 6. 6, verse you're very, very familiar with. But I'm going to say something that may be a little bit... Well, we'll let's go here first. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Verse 6. Without faith, faith. But without faith. One time. But with, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Just stop. stop. What did that say? If you're trying to please God, apart from faith, in other words, if you're using a works program, it's impo- not, not sort of sort of there. It's impossible to please him. That's big. That's really big. I love to love to share that verse. Someone that's really into their works. You know, if I don't do this and I do that ceremony, if I don't, if I don't have this rich or that, and I don't have that, I don't have that. I can't. I say, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what the Bible says? It's impossible to please God apart from apart from faith. Let's keep going. For he cometh to God to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them them that diligently seek. That's exactly what every one of those was listed in chapter 11 of Hebrew. They believed he was who he said he was and that he was a rewarder because they diligently saw. Isn't that cool? It's fantastic. Now, think of Jesus for a moment. For a moment. He's an example. That's who we're using, using here at point. Let's, let's go back, back to chapter 1. Chapter 1. Verse 11. Something is said of Jesus here. Mark chapter 1, verse 11. Mark, Mark 1.11. It's taking me forever to forever to Mark 1.11. 1, 
We'll start in verse 9. It came, came to pass in those days, this is Mark, Mark 1, 9, it came to pass in those, in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized with John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of water, he saw the heavens open, the spirit like a dove descending on him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son in whom I am, am well pleased. What did we read in, read in Hebrews chapter verse 6? Without faith it is impossible to please him. Now, Jesus Christ has just declared from a voice from, from heaven, who I believe is God, God the Father, that literally says, This is my son, my son, love son, in whom I am well pleased. Garden of Gethsemane, and I mean, this is, this is, this is crunch, crunch time. This is the human side of Jesus. He knows what's coming. He, he, he knew he was going to be hanging in the house within hours. See, see, we don't know the future. I sometimes say, pray God. Right? There's some things that are happening in my life. I wouldn't want to know about coming on early, right? right? But Jesus, Jesus did. knew what was, was coming. And he said, may this cup pass from me. That was the human side. He said, I just assume, just assume go there. That's kind of like, you know, just didn't pray for tri- trials either. <laughs> right? But then he said, but not my will, but thine. What did he do? He trusted God the Father. The Father. All, all faith was, was in God the Father. That's why he never sinned. That's exactly what that said. That if we truly trust God, if Adam and Eve, had, I'm, I'm going to go back because it's easier for me to get there because they, they were sinners until they chose to disbelieve God. If they would have believed God, if they would have faith in him, they wouldn't have sinned. That's, that's really saying something, isn't it? So when do we, when do we fall into sin? Remember the sin that besets us? Disbelief. We know Jesus didn't sin. We also know that there's no way to, way to please God apart from faith. And it says in Mark 1 verse 11, 11, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And yes, you say, well, he's God the Son. Yes, he is, but he, but he still had a human side to him, to him that felt everything that you, that you felt. Is that in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16? What a great, great place to come. A great throne to come to is Jesus himself who endured temptation. Knew, knew it. And I tell you what, I can't imagine how strong the temp- temptation must have been to choose between the cross and to be able to move away from it. You don't think that was a temptation? It was massive. Like Satan, when he, he took and his Holy Spirit, Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted or to be tested by Satan. Whoa! But what? That was for our, for our good. That was, and what, and what, what if that happened? If God had not used, tested Jesus Christ in allowing Satan to, to tempt him, we would never have known how, known how Jesus caused temptation. You see, to have triumph, you have to have, have trouble. In your lives, there's trouble. In my life, I mean, it seems like we're on a little bit, little bit of a roll of pull, it seems like, seems like. But you know, in all of this, God has triumph. Whether it's the end of my life, where I step in, into, first step into eternity, it's over. And we win. And we win. Isn't that great? We're going to be talking about that in just a second. But literally, our example, you think of Jesus Christ. He showed, showed more faith than we could even know. No, but why he was sinless. Isn't that something? When we sin, we don't have faith. 
in God. Because we have a lot of faith in self. There's a lot of people that believe in evolution have a tremendous amount of faith. But it's a lie. Because they don't want to have faith in God. Isn't that true? It's absolutely true. Let's talk, let's talk, uh, let's see, is this the right place? Where did I put that? that? I, don't, I don't see it, so go ahead and say it. Say it. So, you're thinking about this marathon. You know you're in a marathon. You know you're running a race. You know when you become a Christian, you're now in a race. You also, there will be tests coming your way. You will either make a, make a lot of them and trust God, or they could move the temptation side and... I tell you what, that temptation, I don't trust me at all. I don't trust me at all. I've got too much sin that still lives within me. That, that it's inhabited. It's there. Now, God, God has given every, every opportunity. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There's no reason for me not, not to trust him. When I fail, pride, self, self, disbelief is in the middle of that. So how do I keep my eyes on Jesus? How do you guys drive a car? You guys, most of you, did anybody not drive a car? Came in the car, car let's that way. Because there was a drive, there was a drive, and all drive, right? If you can't, if you can't, if there were several in the car, you didn't all drive, right? But driver of the car, of the car how to drive? Do you look at the pedals on the floor? Do you look at the hood on the, did you look at the rear view mirror? And I'm talking about, this is your focus now, now. Now, by the way, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with taking things out. But as you're dri- driving on the road, did you lo- look at your pedals? No, that, no, that would be an accident waiting to happen. You didn't just look at your hood. You didn't look at the right, at the right window. You didn't look at, the, look at the eye in the car. Now, <laughs> it's amazing how my dad could look at everything out there and still see where he was going. Right? <laughs> kind of like you got to see what, see what the neighbors are doing. Right? It was as else has ever done, done that, of course. At any rate, but, but the key to driving in a car is making sure you look far enough ahead to be able to react to what's there. You see, the more we get ourselves in the race, the bigger chance we have of getting back. It's just like driving a car. The closer you look at the car, the more likely you are to get in that. That's exactly how life race is. Our eyes aren't there seeing Jesus as looking at the word of God, letting him decipher and declare what's right and what's wrong, and for us to take those, take those, those back. As soon as we get in between that, a wreck is coming. And that's why, literally, the writer of Hebrews says, before I even talk about the race, I want to show some people that got it done. It done. They were, they were able to drive their car. They were able to run their race because they were fixed on what God had and some of them didn't even recognize, or have the, what I mean by recognize is didn't even receive the full reward on, on this side of heaven. But they ran the, ran the race anyway, because they believed God. That's what it's all about. Abram, what, what was, was it right? He was counted, was counted righteousness because he believed God. God. <laughs> you know how you get to heaven? You believe God's plan of salvation. You don't add to it, but you don't sit from it. You don't, you don't make a own. You either, either believe or disbelieve God. God. Isn't this amazing how, how, how it's just right there. You sin as you disbelieve God. And you grow grow when you believe. And the race gets, I, didn't, I don't want to say easier, but it gets with joy. 
and then ultimately there is a reward. Let's talk about the last one here. Let's, let's talk about the end. At, at the end. What are you running for? <laughs> you know, if you're running a 100 meter in the Olympics, you're running for, I guess, a gold medal, right? You're going for gold. I don't know if that's, that's enough. <laughs> Train for your, for your whole life and you just win and that's it. It's amazing how hollow some of those victories are that, that people just, from a materialistic sense, it's, like it's like the Super Bowl or whatever it is, or it is like that sport is going, going to where it's going to have a Super Bowl. And it's amazing, the minute after that's won, it's already going the other, the other way. They're already, they're already looking forward to another chance, chance. Isn't that true? That's not, that's not the marathon you're running. That's not the race, the tape at the end of what you're running. That's what Jesus says. Let's go back to Hebrews, if you're not there. Hebrews chapter 12. And let's look, look at verse 2. Talk about looking unto Jesus. He's author and finisher of our faith. Everything to your, to your faith. I can say it that way. Looking unto Jesus, the everything of our faith. Who, watch, for the joy that was set for him, endured the cross. That's hard for me to even grasp. Despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Literally, what was Jesus doing? What was, what was his life? What was all, was all of that done? It was literally, literally the joy of and the reward of God, in his case, he's sitting at the right hand of God, the Father. The, God, the Son of God is sitting at the right hand of the Father. You know what? Your race is the, is the very same thing. You're running for the joy of that, that final victory. And then God's reward is you step in. Five crowns. I don't think we've ever really, talk, really talked about that. But let's but let place them at the feet of Jesus. Because you're not worthy of those. You didn't have anything to do with those. But when you make a commitment to run the race and to do it his way, there are literally crowns that you earn. Literally, when you get to heaven, those two things, joy and rewards, are what that is. And it's eternal. It's eternal, eternal. It all makes it worthwhile. All of those ups and downs and those, those, those rocks and those slipperies and those snakes and all that stuff that, that was in this marathon run and you made, you made it to mile 24 and you want to you quit because you don't go anymore and I'm old, I'm old to do it anymore, but you do. Because why? I can only tell you there's only one reason that you keep going from mile 24, 26, and you're, you're really tired and you're one year old and it doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. Because you put your eyes, your eyes back on Jesus. And he will give you just that enough strength to go then the next day. The disciples' prayer. It's not a monthly prayer. It's a yearly prayer. It's, prayer. it's not a life prayer. Don't you, aren't you, aren't you happy that God wants to hear from you every single day? Give us this day our daily bread. You think, you think he's saying something? You, you biz. And he wants to run the race. I want you to run that race basically. Because he's, he's the only one that can give you enough, enough strength to get, to get it done. And you win. Because he's, he's God. No, in fact, in fact, in fact, I'm so glad that you, the way, the way Ernie, so back to, I just popped in my mind, Galatians chapter 6. This is what's, this, this is why we're here today. This is, this is really encouraging and soaking together. Let's go to, go to Galatians 6, verses 1. Verses one. one. Get there. Hopefully I'm right. I hate it when I'm wrong. Galatians chapter 6, 6. Yeah, verse, verse 1. Brethren, that, that's an again. If, if a man overtaken in a few, in a few which your spirits restore such one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be did. Bear ye another's burdens and burdens and so fulfill of Christ. That's exactly. We're in this thing together. Let us, us. In fact, I'm not even, there's, there's, there's two pa- passages I'll close with, and one I'll find in Hebrews again, and it's, and it's not us. 
Ernie has brought up a really super point. This isn't about just me and Jesus. It's, it's an us. It's something we can help along the race. And it's not, it's not about a timing thing. See, this is the other thing I think I think is really important. You get a 100-meter dash, and it's all about speed, and it's all getting there as quick as you can because you're running against the clock. A marathon's not necessarily that. It's steady as it goes. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. And when someone, someone falls down, guess what? what? Help them up. Let's go together. Let's let going. Let's keep. Did you see the letter? It, it's amazing. If you actually went, should have counted them. But the us in, in Hebrews, amazing. And there's a part of that that we as a church family, not, not this, not just Ruby Valley, Bible Church, but I'm talking about, about the church family that in this world, world, we've lost perspective that we're in it together. Particularly in America. We've become so individualistic. In fact, the materialistic side of me, the self, the pride, all of that, it isolates and makes us more important than anything else. And what we've done is we've lost a lot of us. We've, 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 we've lost. Let's take, let's take a couple. Let's see, should I do this? Um, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, uh, I'm going to do this. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Just to warm you up in, the same, in that same vein as Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. And I think it's about, about verse uh, 23, maybe, 24. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Verse 20, 24 and 24. Watch the same terminology. Hebrews chapter 10. And again, this is about, about encouragement. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And, and us. Where did we see that before? Ch- chapter 12. Let, let us run. Let us consider one another... Whoa, now that's a different concept, isn't it? Consider one another? Let's consider, consider one another? To provoke? Now that word provoke doesn't, doesn't really catch us, but it would be like, be like courage. To push unto love and to good works, not forsaking assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. So much the more as you see the day approaching. Church particularly is important as, as we get to latter days, because we need each other. Anyone that says we shouldn't be assembled together at a church in the last in the latter days isn't reading Hebrews chapter 10. I'm sorry, sorry, but because it's right there. Why are churches empty today? They didn't read that verse first. And why? It's not for the pastor, for just the people, for the let us encourage one another. We need it. That's how God lets us keep moving. Let's let's go to chapter 4. four. Hebrews chapter 4. This is one of those I want to lease with. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. What a powerful passage of Scripture. If you're here saying today, today, no one knows what it's like. No one knows what I'm going through. Then this verse is for you. Hebrews chapter verse 14. See then that we, that we and look at the, the, watch the pronouns, that we have a great high priest that is passed to the heavens, Jesus, the, the Son of God, us, Hold fast our passion. Have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. Us there, therefore, because of that, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now that powerful passage is just But I want to leave you with this one in Philippians chapter 3. How do, how do we respond? 
I was in a meeting sometime back, back, it's been several years now, where there's a little bit of contention, there was struggles, and the question was, was asked, where do we go from here? What do we do? And my response, which I would, which I would still say the same thing, Philippians chapter 3, and let us look at verses 12 through 14. Philippians 3, verse 12. Not as though I had already attained, I either were ready, perfect, perfect, complete, or mature, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also so I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Jesus, Brethren, did you, see, did you see that? Once again, that's us. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forth, forth unto things which are before, I press toward the mark. For the pride of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's Paul showing us that he's focused on the Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. That's the race. So daily, and it's lifelong. Because it's both. And if you look at it from lifelong thing, it'll, it'll discourage you. It'll, it'll be too big. It'll be too long. Too long. It'll be too... And that's why Jesus didn't give, give them the prayer. He gave them the disciples daily prayer. Just like for us today. today. You depend on, on Jesus. It all becomes simpler. That's Father God, thank, thank you for the day. Thank you for your love. Thank, thank you for your... Particu- particularly, thank you for your word. Thank you for me making it so very clear that, that it's faith that pleases you. Father, when we sin, when we... Truly, 100% prove that we've distrusted, that we've disbelieved you. Every, every sin is a, a statement of disbelief. Father, thank you. Thank you for Old Testament saints, those named in Hebrews 11, particularly for, G, for Jesus Christ's example. He endured things that literally weren't necessarily to prove his worthiness, but it was to prove to us how we could live and how we should live to run the race, to run this marathon. But all of that, Father, thank you for the gift of salvation that you designed where you even formed the world. That Jesus Christ, Son of God, Emmanuel, with us, came to this world, to this earth, to live a life of perfection, tempted, but, ne- but never sinned. Exhibit faith and trust at every second, ultimately. That one, one that hung on a cross, that, that one that gave life's blood, the blood that, that purged and redeemed every single sin. Father, we possibly begin to thank you enough for what you accomplished. Thank you for allowing us to race. Thank you for you for us to be able to talk to you as regularly, as often as we'd like. And what a gift. Father, we may this week contemplate your great your greatness, your righteousness, your holy holiness, awesomeness. Your sovereignty. Your omnipotence. And we could go on, Father. Those at- attributes and characteristics that you've displayed for us in your word, word just makes you more grand. May we focus, focus on Jesus.
our lives be exemplary. Become more and more like us each and every passing day. Thereby we know you will be glorified and, and will be blessed. Thank you for what you're do, doing. You know you're not going to, going to quit early on us. You're going to continue until the work is finished. We so look forward to the time when we will step into the whole eternity through that door to see my Jesus, the one wearing the scars that I put upon him, blood that was shed for my sins. That he honestly can say, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.